With Hashem's assistance, we are learning about Bukama Lama Tess, page 39. We begin with the Mishnah. Shoshal Pikeach, Shinogach, Shoshal Cherish, Hedabakotan. You have the ox that belongs to the regular person, that gores the ox that belongs to people with, with no intellectual capacity, for instance, uh, a person who is deaf mute, a person who is insane, a person who is a minor. Chayev. So then there's an obligation to pay. If one of these people who has no intellectual capacities in the eyes of halacha, uh, so if his ox went and gored the ox that belongs to a regular person, Potter, there's an obligation to pay. And Rashi explains that the Gemara is going to understand at the Havamina, in the first stage of the Gemara, the Gemara is going to believe that what we're saying over here is that there's an obligation to pay because we don't set up a guardian to make him pay as long as it's a tam, as long as it's tame. Only when it becomes muad, only when it becomes wild. Now the Gemara continues, the Mishnah continues, If you have an ox that belongs to a deaf mute, a person who's insane, a person who's a minor, it went and caused damage, so then the courts will indeed set up a guardian to make sure that it doesn't do such a thing. Then the witnesses come and they testify in front of the guardian, and uh, if it was indeed if there is an obligation to pay, so the guardian has to take care of the payment. We're going to see whose money has to be used. Is it the money of the guardian? Is it the money of the of the children that he's set to watch? Is let's say the person who was deaf mute became normal. The person who was insane became normal. The higdila cotton, the minor, grew up. Sir says it's considered that it passed between one domain, one person being responsible for it, which was previously the guardian. Now it's responsible, the responsibility rests upon the person who became normal. So now it's considered the transfer of possessions. And once it transferred possessions, for instance, if let's say you have Ruvain who sells his ox, which had gored before, sells it to Shimon. So does it lose its original status of being wild? So Rimeir holds that now it's no longer considered wild, it's considered tam, it's considered tame. Because says, no, it's still considered that it has the original status, which was that it was considered wild, and therefore if it causes damage, and it was wild before, so it's going to have to pay full damages, its status has not changed according to Rabbi Yaisi. The mission finishes off with, an, uh, with a halacha that's not relevant to what we've been speaking about until now. If you have the ox, the bull, that's, a, that's used in bullfights in stadiums, so there's no obligation for the animal to be killed, even if it kills a person, Shinemar, as the verse says, if it shall cause, if it shall gore, and not if it was caused to gore, not if others made it gore. So this animal, which is trained to kill people, so therefore the fact that it killed somebody, it, it's because it was trained to kill people. And therefore it's not called that it did it on its own, and therefore it's not going to have to be killed. We begin the Gemara. Hagufakasha. We have a stira, we have a contradiction in the Mishnah itself. Amris, we said, that if the ox that belongs to someone who doesn't have intellectual capacities causes damage to the ox that belongs to a regular person, there's no obligation to pay. Alma, we can deduce from here. That we do not set up a guardian to be in charge of making sure that the animal doesn't gore in order that it would pay if it, when it was still tame from the body of the animal. That's, that's how it's done when it's a tame animal. So, Ema Seifa, what does it say in the end of the Mishnah? It says that if you have the ox that belongs to one of these people that doesn't have intellectual capacity, it caused damage based on So the court will indeed set up a guardian, and then the, the witnesses come and they testify in front of the guardian. Alma, so what do we see? That in fact we do set up somebody to be in charge to make sure that it doesn't cause damage while it's tame, and if it does cause damage, then there's going to be a responsibility, and it's going to have to pay from its body. Amarava, so Rava says, 
says, Hachikotani. This is how you read the Mishnah. If they have already established a pattern, meaning, yes, they're still tam, they're still tame. However, they've done it three times, the animal has done it three times. So then, So then we set up a guardian, and we testify, the witnesses testify in front of the guardian, and we say, now this animal has done it three times, now it's considered a wild animal. Then, in order that when it goes and it gores again, it's going to have to pay from a piece of land, it's going to have to pay full damages. Now the Gemara says, Me'aliyas man. From whose land is it going to have to be paid? Rabbi Yechanan Amar Me'aliyas Yisayim. So Rabbi Yechanan says, it gets paid, the damages are paid from the piece of property that belongs to the orphans themselves, the miners. Uh, just as a note, a uh, side note, it's important to understand, we refer to the miners as orphans, because generally speaking, miners don't have any property unless they become orphans and their father passed away. Rabbi Yechanan says, from whose property do we pay the damages? From Me'aliyas Habotropis. From the land that belongs to the guardian. Now, the Gemara challenges what we just said, is it true that Rabbi Yechanan said that the payment is going to be made from the piece of land that belongs to the orphans? So the only time, says Yehuda in the name of Rav Asi, the only time that we ever go and we take money away from or property away from the orphans is only if they're going to lose out if we don't make sure that they pay off their loans, let's say. Generally speaking, the only time that we collect from the Yisomim that the money that they owe because of their father or whatever it is, the only time we do that is once they have grown up. Then we deal with all the dealings and we, we deal with it at that point. But normally we don't do it before unless we're talking about, let's say, there's a document that they borrowed money, the father borrowed money, uh, with interest from a non-Jew. In such a case, so if they don't pay it off right away, so they're going to be constantly paying off this interest, so we're, we're going to make sure that they pay it off, the, the amount of money that's owed, they're going to do it right away. Rabbi Yechanan says, not only do we do it in that case, we take care of making sure that they pay it off, if we're talking about a document which which has interest on it, and we also make sure that they pay off the money that's owed to their mother from the ksuva, which is a document that states that when they originally got married, the father guaranteed his wife that uh, if he dies or if he divorces her, he's going to give her money. So as long as they haven't paid that off, so they're going to have to continue to provide her with sustenance, with food. But as soon as they pay it off, the money that's owed to her, so then she's on her own and they won't have to continue providing her food. So, so Rabbi Yechanan says that in such a case, we're going to, even though ordinarily we don't take away, we don't deal with taking away money or property from the asylum and the orphans that's, that they owe to other people, in such a case we will because it will be to their benefit. So what do we see? We see that Rabbi Yechanan says that ordinarily we don't. So how could he say over here that if there's a damage that the orphans are going to have to pay from their piece of property. So the Gemara says, Epoch. Let's switch it around. Rabbi Yechanan really says that from whose property does it go, the, the payment for such damages? It goes from the guardian's property. Rabbi Yechanan says that the property of the orphans is the one that pays. Rabbi says, hold on a second. Just because we have a question, a contradiction between two statements of Rabbi Yechanan, you're going to make Rabbi Yechanan say something which is a mistake and say that the money goes out of the money of the orphans that's not true was a judge and he knew the depths of the halacha so he wouldn't have said such a thing says really don't switch things around Rabbi Yechanan indeed said that the payment for any kind of damages is going to come from the property of the Islam and from the, from the orphans but it's different when we're talking about a case 
that's caused damage. Meaning, when does Rabbi Yechanan say that we don't take away the property of the Soim? We don't take away the orphan's property for something that's owed? Only in a case where it's owed from before. But any damage that's caused by their, by their property, by their possession, we will in fact go and collect from them even now. Rabbi Yechanan says that if we're talking about a case of hezek, of damages, so then the payment has to come out of the, of the money, the property that belongs to the orphans. Because if we would in fact say that it has to be paid from the property that belongs to the guardian, so no one's going to want to be a guardian if he knows he's going to lose money if he messes up. Solves this problem by saying as follows: Well, we need deterrence, right? If if he doesn't have to pay himself, if anything happens, so he's not going to make sure that the animal doesn't cause damage. So we say is the money goes out of his property, the property of the guardian. However, the way that we encourage them to want to take on this job is that he's going to get his money back when the orphans become adults. Then he's going to be able to go and collect from them the money that he had to pay for the damage that was caused. This is how we said that we understood the Mishnah holds that do we set up a guardian as long as it's a tame animal to actually collect the chasinezik, the half damages from the body of the animal itself? So we said in the Mishnah that we don't. However, this is actually an argument between Tanoim, the Tanoim of Abraisa. If you have an ox whose owners became deaf mute, or the owners became insane, or the owners left, they went off to a faraway land. Yehuda ben Akusa Amar Sumchus. So in such a case, Yehuda ben Akusa said in the name of Sumchus, Hareu betamuso ad sheyuda bo bifnei habalim. It remains in its status of being tame until there's testimony that occurs in front of the owners. Chachamim Amrim, the sages say, Ma'midin lahab petrapin. What we do is we set up a guardian, and we then behem bifnei petrapin, and we testify in front of the guardians. If the person who was deaf mute became normal again, the person who was uh, insane became sane. The child we didn't speak about until now, but the child would in fact be included in this whole concept if he grew up. Or you have the owners came back from the faraway land. So Yehuda Menachusa says the name of Sumchus it goes back to its previous status of being a tame animal, which we need to understand how it got to being mood by now how it got to being wild, but that's something the Gemara will discuss further on. Until there's a testimony that's done in front of the, the owners, and then it can become mood again, it can become wild. It actually retains its status of being wild. Amri. So Gemara says like this, What does it mean when Sumchus said at the beginning that if the person, the owner, went crazy, or the owner became deaf-mute, that the animal retains its status of being tame? If it means that it can't become muad at all, it can't ever become a wild animal, from the fact that Sumchus says in the end, in the second part, that when that when the person comes back from a faraway land, or if he becomes sane again, so it returns to its status of being tame, so we can deduce that it can, in fact, become mood. It can, in fact, be considered a wild animal. So what does it mean that it retains its status of being tame? It retains its wholeness. We don't take away from it. And as Rashi explains, what this means is that we don't set up a guardian that as long as it's causing damage while it's a tam, 
to take away from the animal itself. That would be taking away from it. No, we don't do that according to Sumchus. Alma, so we can deduce, Ein mamidin apatropos letam ligvas migufoi. That we do not set up a guardian in regards to an animal which is tame to actually collect from the body of the animal according to Sumchus. The sages say, mamidin lehan apatropos, umein lehem bifna apatropos. We do in fact set up a guardian as long as it's tame, and we in fact testify in front of the guardian. Alma, mamidin apatropos letam ligvas migufa. According to the sages, we will in fact set up an apatropos, a guardian to collect from the animal itself, even if we're talking about chatzinezik, the half damages. And when we talk about the second half of the Mishnah, what is the argument about if the person came back or became normal again, whether or not it returns to its status of being tame? The argument has to do with if, when it changes possessions from one person to another, if that's considered that it retains its previous status of being wild or not. That in fact, when it transfers from one person to another, here it's transferring from the guardian to the person himself, so then it's considered that it changes status and it doesn't retain the previous mood wild animal status. That you can't change status, you can't change just because the ownership, the person who's in charge of it, who's responsible for it, has changed. Whatever status it has before, it retains that status of being wild. We learned that If you have an ox that belongs to a person who's lacking intellectual capacities, a person who's deaf, mute, insane, a minor, so and it caused damage. Rabbi Yaakov paid half damages. Gemara says, Rabbi Yaakov, what did he do that he has to pay? So no, it's a mistake in how we read the brayso. Rabbi Yaakov, Rabbi Yaakov says, you pay half the damages. Now, what are we talking about over here? If we're talking about an animal which is a tame animal. Of course, it has to pay half damages. Everyone pays half damages. Why would he have phrased it in that way? So, if we're talking about an animal which is a wild animal, so if you did any kind of watching, so then you shouldn't have to pay at all. So if you didn't do any kind of watching, so then you should have to pay full damages. So Rav says like this, Really, I'll tell you, we're talking about a case where the animal is a wild animal. And what are we talking over here about? He did a, a watching, which was a weak watching. Rashi explains, what's the weak watching? It's where you put up a wall that could stand in a regular wind. But you didn't do a very powerful watching. You didn't protect it with a wall that could stand up up to an even stronger wind, an unusual wind. So now, in such a case, there's actually a machlokes later on, an argument about whether or not that's considered good enough in regards to a muad, in regards to a tam. So if the animal is a tame animal, so that's for sure not a good enough watching, interestingly. In regards to a muad, a wild animal, it will be considered a good enough watching, and the Gemara learns it out actually from sukkim, from verses. Rabbi Yaakov suffered like Rabbi Yehuda. So now, Rabbi Yaakov holds, first of all, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that when you pay for a muad, when you pay for an animal which is wild, so there's two halves to the payment. One half is a continuation of what you've been paying until now, which is the, si- the side of it that's still considered in a certain sense, you're paying like it's a tom, like it's a tame animal. That half remains in its place. Now that it became a mua, now it became a wild animal, so you're only adding on another half that's going to have that status of wild payment. So, But the other half retains its status of being payment for a tame animal. Who says that in regards to a muad, a wild animal, it's enough to watch it with a weak watching. And he holds like the rabbis who say that we set up an apotropos, a guardian, for a tame animal to collect from its body. And therefore what happens is, so you pay the half which has to do with the tame, the tameness of the animal, but you don't pay the half that has to do with the muad, 
that has to do with the fact that it was a wild animal because you did this shmir so you did some kind of weak watching so that's good enough for the wild half but it's not good enough for the half which is considered because it's tame Amr Abai so Abai says Veloy Pligi what do you mean is it true that they don't argue that Rabbi Yaakov does not argue with Rabbi Yehuda Vahatanya we learned that if you have an ox that belongs to a, a, someone who's lacking intellectual capacity that caused damage Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yaakov Omer Chatsi Nezakud Meshalim so Rabbi Yehuda says that there's an obligation to pay and Rabbi Yaakov says that all he pays is half damages so what do we see we see that Rabbi Yehuda actually argues on Rabbi Yaakov so how can we say that Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda and says that Sad Thomas will come out the half that it's a tame animal remains in its place and therefore that's what you're going to pay we see that Rabbi Yehuda himself who holds that way doesn't agree with Rabbi Yaakov and he says that you pay full damages so what's going on here Amar Rabbi Barula Rabbi Barula says like this they do agree and Rabbi Yehuda he doesn't say how much is, is chayv how much the obligation is to pay and Rabbi Yaakov is coming to explain how much Rabbi Yehuda holds has to be paid now, the Gemara says, Ula Abai, the Amr Pligi, according to Abai, who asked the question and held that they do in fact argue, but my Pligi, what are they arguing about? Amr Lecha, so he will answer you, Hachav b'mamayaskinon, b'muad v'loy natre klal. We're talking about an animal that was a wild animal that he didn't watch at all. Rabbi Yaakov, Savarlok, Rabbi Yehuda, Bechada, Upalagale Bechada. Rabbi Yaakov holds like Rabbi Yehuda in one thing, and he argues about him in another thing. Savarlok, Rabbi Yehuda, Bechada, he holds like Rabbi Yehuda in one thing. Dealer Rabbi Yehuda, Savarlok, Tzad, Tamas, Bimekoyim, Emedes. Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that the, the side of the tameness of it stays in its original place. Upalagale Bechada, and he argues with him on the other part of it. Dealer Rabbi Yehuda, Savarlok, because Rabbi Yehuda holds, Mamidin Lahan Apotropos Litam, Ligvis Migufoy. That Rabbi Yehuda holds that you're going to set up a guardian to collect that sad tamas, that part that's considered still like a tame animal, and therefore if you holds, you pay full damages because the muad part you didn't watch the animal at all, so for sure you pay the muad part. Now what about the half that's considered like a tam, like a tame animal? So if you hold that you set up a guardian to collect that, which is Rabbi Yehuda Shita, so then you're going to collect full damages because you're even going to collect that half. Rabbi Yaakov Sover and Rabbi Yaakov holds that you don't set up a guardian to collect the half, which has to do with collecting from the actual animal's body itself. Therefore, the only half that you're going to end up paying is only the half that has to do with the fact that it's a wild animal. It's very good according to Abayi's Shita, the Amar Pligi, who said that they argue, Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda argue, Shapir. Everything makes sense. We understand why we established the case. We're talking about a case of a wild animal. According to Rabbi who says that Rabbi Yaakov is coming to explain Rabbi Yehuda, they don't argue. Instead of saying that the case is talking about a wild animal, let's say that the case is talking about a tame animal. On the top of Memo, page 48, Rabbi Yehuda, if according to Rabbi Yehuda, the Aved Leishmir Pchusa, the Aved Leishmir we could say, according to Rabbi Yehuda, so Rabbi Yehuda says later on that even if you do a week watching by a time, there's still going to be an obligation. Either Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov, the Aved Leishmir Klal, or according to Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov, who says if you do a week watching, so you're not going to have an obligation to pay by a time. So we could say that you didn't do any watching at all, and that's why there's an obligation to pay the half damages. The Tanya Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov Omer, Rabbi Yehuda Yaakov says, Echad Tam Echad Muad. Whether we're talking about a, a tame animal or a wild animal, Shasham Leishmir Pchusa, if you did a week watching Peturin, so he said that there's no obligation to pay. So we could say that it's the case is where he didn't do any watching at all. So what's going to be the chiddush? What's going to be the novelty in a case where it's a tam, it's a tame animal? Rabbi Yaakov, so Rabbi Yaakov is coming to teach you as follows. That we set up a guardian when it comes to a case of a tam, a tame animal, to collect from the animal's body. So he responded and said, the reason that Abai specifically wanted to tell us a case of a wild animal and not a tame animal to teach us what we just said, this is what he means to say. He's coming 
coming to say one case that gives us two different halachos, we end up with understanding more things than we would have understand if it was a case of a tame case. Because what happens is if we say the case is a muad case, so it's teaching us that he holds like a Yehuda in two aspects. First of all, he holds like a Yehuda that says that in regards to the muad part of it, the part of it that's wild, there will be enough to have just a week watching. That's why there's no obligation to pay that half. In regards to the side which is a tzad tamus, the tame part of it, there will be an obligation to pay because it's not enough to have a week watching. That's the first thing that we see that he holds like a Yehuda. And the second thing that we see is that we hold, he holds like a Yehuda in the fact that in regards to setting up a guardian to collect from the animal when it's a chatzinezek, when it's a tame animal, the, t- the tame part of it, we also see that he holds like a Yehuda that we do indeed set up such a guardian. That's why we specifically wanted a case of Muad to show you that Rabbi Yaakov holds like a Yehuda in both regards. Ravina Amar. Ravina comes to give a different explanation of the argument. He learns that there is an argument between Rabbi Yaakov and Rabbi Yehuda, and he says the argument is as follows. Whether or not when it changes possessions does it lose its previous status, that's the argument. For example, where the case was where, where the animal was a wild animal. And the person who owned it, and there was a garden because of the fact that he was a deaf mute, or because he was an uh, insane person, or he was a minor, that person became uh, normal, he became sane, he grew up. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda holds that it remains in its original status and therefore that's why the case is where it pays full damages. Rabbi Yaakov who says that you're paying half the damages it's because he holds that in fact when it transfers possessions now that the person who, who was crazy or whatever it is is now normal so it's transferred into his possession so now it loses its status of being considered a mud and you only have to pay half the damages.